Hey y'all, what is up? Welcome to episode 47 of Stock Talk with Josh and who else? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I might, let me take a guess though. It might be Zach, um, no, not Steve. Zach. You know, you do kind of look like Zach though. No, I don't think so. I think you kind of look like a Zach or Steve or John. You look like a John. Or Nico. Or Nico, yes. Josh and Nico. So, Nico, what's up? How you doing? I'm good. I know it's been a long time since we've done an episode. I know at least a month, so I'm sorry about that, but you know, at least a month since the episode, and at least three or four months since, since you've been in the studio. Yeah. Since we've been in the studio. Yeah, um, this past month of March was kind of busy with high school basketball going on, plus my other job, so kind of busy stuff. And then you were out in Florida, so and you're finally back too. So how I'm was Florida? Back. It was good. It was quite a quite an experience. Now, anything interesting happen? Yeah, uh, I went to the hospital. Wow. That was the interesting part. Well, I had this weird pain in my side, and I went in the hospital, got tests done and stuff, and it turned out I was fine. Okay. Did uh, they have an AI look over you? And no, see I what don't was, think so. What the problem was? No, I don't think so. You liked that transition, though, didn't you? Oh, yeah. So, I guess. Uh, well, Speaking actually, of AI. Yeah. Uh, but um, real quick, though, let's talk about some stocks that we've been getting into first, kind of. Okay. You go first. Well, <laughs> okay. That's fine with me. But um, I've been kind of scared. Like I said last episode, been kind of scared. But I actually brought back into Amazon. I sold it okay. like around, I actually originally bought it like right after the split. It's like around run 12. Mm-hmm. Like I s- sold like half of my shares at like 1.9, 1.10. 1.10. So it was just about even. Then I brought, and I bought back in a couple of days ago when it was like around low 90s, like 92, 93. So yeah. So that ended up working out. You saved yourself a little bit there. Mm-hmm. And I think it's back up now too. Like back a to the A little bit one. over a hundred. Yeah. 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 So it's been a good investment for me too. Um, some other companies. Another company I've been kind of looking at is, um, you actually think I'm crazy because of this. Um, hmm. What's the one company name? Pa- Palantir. Palantir. I'm starting to kind of look into that more because, like we just said, with the AI stuff mm-hmm. being more and more, mm-hmm. and Palantir being probably the leader of all of the all yeah. of those things called AI. I'm thinking like, oh, maybe this should be uh, kind of a good price point for me to go into too, because it would have been at eight dollars as well. Yeah, I think it's a good. As far as the company goes, I think it's a great company. I just don't like the side of it coming from like. I guess investor, an investor standpoint of like the metrics as far as like how high of a ratio it trades at, uh, how high their stock based compensation is, stuff like that. But as a company, what they're doing, the technology, everything, I think there's you can't go wrong there. Yeah, but I think you probably just bought it at the wrong time. But I bought it at the wrong time because I bought it when it was trading from twenty to twenty five dollars a share. Um, I bought it at like eighteen or nineteen, but it's because I was caught up in that whole frenzy with Kathy Wood, where you know. Everybody was flooding money into those Kathy Wood Ark Invest stocks, and <laughs> I fell into that. And yeah, I bought into Palantir too much. You know, you gotta you gotta look at things when when you have money losing companies that trade at forty billion dollar valuations. That's a problem. That is not something you should buy. But I didn't realize that until I lost half my money with some of these investments. So learn my lesson. Yeah, but um, real quick, I do want to. I know you're a big fan of Ark Invest, Kathy Wood. No, not anymore. Uh, but, thank you, thank you. I just wanted to know, like, how are you feeling now? Because you used to be big on top. Like, man, she's yeah, going I up. Think, I think you I, believe in her. Like, what's changed? Really? I think I gained a lot of confidence in her because as I was – there was only a couple YouTubers back in 2019. It was a couple YouTubers, and it was pretty much Kathy Wood and Ron Barron. Those were the two – Ron Barron, yeah. Those were the two, like, hedge fund people who were bullish on Tesla. And then there was a couple YouTubers. Everybody else said they were bearish on Tesla. 
And so I really bought into it. I made Tesla by far my biggest position in my portfolio, like way outweighing everything else. And then, you know, as a year or two went, like as we went into 2020 and everything, you know, Tesla went up 2000%. I was like, okay, this just proves my point even more that Kathy Wood is a great investor. But now as, you know, we're looking back three years later and the rest of Kathy Wood stocks that I bought into, DocuSign, Palantir, Skills, um, what else? Block. Um, there's a whole list of them. There's a bunch of them. Teladoc Health is a great example because I lost a bunch of money. All those companies, they, I mean, they were growth companies. And yes, she had, she has her points of like these, these companies are disruptive innovation companies, which I, that I can still see that, but that doesn't mean you should be paying 20 or 30 times sales. That doesn't make it a good investment. So Nowadays, looking back, I've realized that there's other things to look for in stocks. It's not if you have a money losing company that trades at super high valuations, even though they have potential to disrupt, you know, in an innovative way, that still doesn't mean you can buy it at any price. Because now you see things. We we were in 2020. We're looking at we were looking at a stock market that was super inflated, and there was a bunch of money, you know, flowing into stocks. And now we're in a totally different economical environment. True. So. Things are different now. You got to be more cautious, and sometimes you can't just jump into any stock you want at any price. Yeah, and um, my biggest problem with Kathy Woods is that just people thinking like she's God. Yeah, I, I didn't never like that because Ark Investors, if you think about it, it's probably been the stock has probably been at the same since 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. Has barely had any movement, mm-hmm. but for some reason, well, it had that huge, it had that huge spike in in 2020, 2021 when things were super hot. Yeah, you know, but it, just, it came crashing down, just like everything down. else, though. Yeah, and it's because you're on your. It's because when your portfolio is made up of all those overinflated stocks, that's what happens. That's what happens. Teladoc. I mean, Teladoc. Or same thing with um, what's the bicycle? What's the bicycle one that was hot during the pandemic? Oh, um, p- p- um not Palantir. Uh, no, it starts with a P though. Starts it? with a P. Uh, it's something like that. Um, I know you're talking about. Yeah. Pel- not Peladoc. Something, something like Peloton, that. something Peloton, Peloton. Peloton. Yep, yep. Peloton. That's another example. Stocks like that, they they went up. You know, they jumped up five hundred, three, four hundred, five hundred percent, and that's just it's not justified. That's it. It was not justified. It's just it's almost it's it's one step away from becoming a meme stock like uh, AMC <laughs> or GameStop. It's 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 pretty much the same thing. It's just those those valuations get pushed up, and Teladoc was. Not should not have been trading at two hundred and fifty dollars a share because today it's twenty five dollars a share. That's why I'm down, you know, who knows, whatever, seventy, eighty percent on it. So it's just it's stuff like that. You gotta you gotta be careful. You gotta you gotta learn your lesson on things like that. Yep, so, yep, yep. Well, let's keep on going. Now let's actually start steering the conversation more into AI. So mm-hmm. and um we all I guess it's about everybody knows Chat GPT, mm-hmm. what's going on with that. And this new article is saying there's a lot more jobs that are going to be getting replaced because of yeah. ChatGPT. And, you know, uh, even like you said, our one friend, friend of the show, Walter, even said his job has completely changed yeah. with ChatGPT as well. So yeah. with ChatGPT just starting about the past month or two, how re- how do you see the entire overall industry is going to be changing now? Well, I think we've talked about AI before, but it seems like, now it's moving a little bit faster. Every you know, every week, every couple of weeks, we that see is something true, yeah. new come yeah. out. You know, like we like in the like last year, we talked about AI. You know, and we, there wasn't any huge developments though. Now we're seeing develop things are developing super fast. Every week we have a new update. We got a new company coming out with something. Um, so that part is interesting. 
Uh, there's also, I don't know if we discussed this, but there was a petition or something signed recently by a bunch of investors, including Elon Musk and I believe some other, somebody else. And they're pretty much asking for anything, any AI service that's more powerful than chat GPT-4, which is the newer updated one. Mm-hmm. They want they want to put all that on pause. So they, if you read the article, it makes it sound like they're like worried that AI is going to become too powerful or going to take over or it's just like we're kind of just like messing around with things that they, they make it sound like it's like a nuclear reactor or something or like, you know, something crazy that we can't control. So, well, did they all always do that with something new technology wise? Kind of. But I but I mean, I wouldn't say that about think about what about the Internet? They didn't really do that with the Internet. Right. The Internet just kept rolling and progressing and and becoming more and more, right? They didn't, like, regulate... We still don't even really have that much regulations for the internet. Like, we still are missing that. So, that, I think that's what they're asking for. And, like, maybe he's right. Like, you know, maybe we do... Maybe the world turns into Terminator or Mad Max or something. <laughs> but, on the other hand, part of this kind of seems like Elon Musk is doing this for a personal or financial gain regarding, like, his own companies. Because... For one, he has his own AI, his own AI company and AI products that he's working on, right? Um, not only that, but if he's really concerned with things like this and and with new technology being a risk for people, um, what about self-driving cars and all the other things that he he does that are that are technology innovative technologies putting people's lives at risk? So, oh, are you saying it's starting to get a little bit hypocritical? It's maybe? it's it's crossing the line of being hypocritical. Yeah, so. I don't know. I can't tell. I mean, I don't think that's. A, I don't know if that's a smart move. I don't know if it's smart to say, okay, everybody put things on hold. We don't want AI to get any more powerful because it might be a risk. I don't know about that. I think that's just. I think it's just Elon. Oh, I know who else is on there. Steve Wozniak, the guy oh, okay, from yeah. the guy from yeah. Apple. So, I don't know about that. I think, I think we should let it keep going. I don't think it's. I don't think we need to. They should worry about regulating the internet before they worry about regulating AI. Yeah, and you see, Microsoft is already trying to start up a competitor with them too. No, it's, you mean Google? No, Microsoft too, with the Bing AI too, but Google as well. No, well, no, because Microsoft came as out a with, Bing AI Chat actually. Yeah, Bing AI Chat. Yeah, but isn't that, I think it's using the same technology from Chat GPT because that's what they invested in. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Right. So I think it's the same technology as Chat GPT. I have not used the new. The a the chatbot for Bing yet, um, I and, mean, I, and I haven't used the one for Google yet either. Yet. I mean, I'm sure it's just like ChatGPT, right? It yeah. works, it's just in the browser, mm-hmm. um, and I guess what that was supposed to do was because I think Google has like 92 percent market share of of uh, searches on whatever for any browser. I think Bing has like three percent or something. So I think that was supposed to pull more people into using Bing. I don't know if that's really going to make that big of a difference. Um, depending on how well Google's service is. I think even with that AI chatbot, I don't think that's I don't think we're there to totally replace searches. Like Google searching, I think it's a they're they're gonna be used for different things, I think. Um, oh, so so you don't see any world that chat GPT or any type of open AI is gonna replace Google at totally all? Totally replace it? for no, for one, Google's coming out with their own. Google will have their own. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't think I don't think Microsoft is going to be that much more better that people are going to be like, okay, I'm going to switch to Bing. I'm not using Google anymore. I don't think that's going to happen. And I think the way people use a chat GBT type of, of technology is going to be different from how they use 
Google searches. I think some people are going to want to have multiple different options and, and things to, you know, different websites to click through. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, I still feel like, because like we're creatures of habit. Yeah. Like I feel like if one person like China goes one way, mm-hmm. it's going to be majority of us going to go that same way too. Yeah. So if, Chat GPT is the mainstay. We're all gonna go Chat GPT. I don't about. know. I don't know if Chat. Um, I think it's almost like uh, the way we use Google Search now. I think it's almost been more. It's almost a more proven model where like we get more accurate results almost. So like I think it's gonna take some time for Chat GPT to get some. Data, oh yeah, of course, yeah. Get some, you know, get some data in the system to give more accurate results. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see what happens. But I don't think. I don't think Google's going to have too much of an issue. I think Google's going to be able to keep up just fine. Um, as far as taking people's jobs and stuff, I mean, for one, it's definitely making, like how we talked about Walter's job, he he said it's making his job easier, he's more productive and stuff. As for taking, eliminating people's jobs completely, I did read an article about a... Uh, yeah, I actually have a, it's like a list of, of things. What? Um, jobs that ChatGPT, no, that AI will most likely replace. Yeah, and they're saying... Uh, what's the first one? Media jobs such as advertising, content creation, journalism. I don't see legal industry could, jobs. I don't know about content creation. It says media jobs across the board, including those in advertising. Yada yada. Maybe affected. Yada yada yada. Yeah. Analyzing and interpreting vast amounts yeah. of language-based data, information, and skill that you expect generated yeah. by it. Yeah, well, we know that. So the other thing me and Walter discussed was, uh, as far as not only if it, let's say, let's say it, let's say AI can. Let's say AI, AI already has these skills, right? So people aren't going to be using these skills for their jobs anymore. Like, let's say it says write an essay, summarize these points. Um, even if we're talking about, like, we're going to bring up Adobe later, but if we're talking about how AI can create 3D images and artwork and stuff like that, um, the, the then the question comes back to, are people or, or kids even going to have to learn these skills anymore? Because... I think some there's some I've heard some schools out there were are working on trying to uh, totally eliminate and ban things like ChatGPT for their students because the students are just you know they're they're not going to know how to write anything because they're every, it's all going to be done by ChatGPT. So I think in general a lot of uh, elementary school kids like they need to change the cur- curriculum. Yeah, of course. I agree. Of course they do. But I mean that that conversation is always going on. In regard I mean I don't know in regards to AI, I don't know if I guess that means that all. I guess that means that the future of the next generation is not going to be too great of writers because, really, they don't have to be. You don't. They don't. You don't have to be right. So I mean, that's it's kind of a good and a bad. You don't thing. have to write in cursive anymore. Like who, yeah. who really writes in cursive besides if you go out to a restaurant and just sign it real quick? Yeah, I know. Which I I I think that's a bad thing too. I think you should write in cursive. Like I think that's if that's your signature, that's your signature. So. You know, there's always a debate about what you should be learning in school, what's important or not, what what are you going to actually use, all that stuff. Um, but as far as skill learning skills like writing, I don't know. I mean, it's I think it's a good thing if you're talking about being like as far as like in a business sense or like financial sense. Yeah, you're going to be more productive, right? Instead of you having to write stuff and summarize and read stuff, AI can do it, and that's great for productivity. But as far as like just being a human being who has skills to write, summarize, and read and stuff, well, you're not going to, I guess, I guess the next generation is not going to have those skills as much then, you know? So in that sense, it doesn't, it's not good. But I don't know. There's different ways of looking at things. That's, that's just, I guess that's just how technology works. 
The next topic I want to bring up this past week or and a half in the news has been, I don't know, kind of like fear-mongering a little okay. bit. But um, this just happened. It says Saudi Arabia has entered a trade alliance with China, Russia, India, Pakistan, and a few other countries to use the Chinese dollar like the yuan, the yuan, the yuan dollar instead of the U.S. dollar. So we all know the U.S. dollar is like the main reserve dollar for yeah. all different companies, not companies, but countries, countries to use yeah. for any type of trade, things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, but, you know, those first two countries I said, China and Russia, mm-hmm. saying them being a partner of doing anything, that's always going to be kind of be scary for everyone. I know. Especially with the American media pushing this. Oh, China, Russia thing going on. But I, I think this news is not really much to do. Like, I feel like it's much more things, more important things that us as Americans can deal with besides what Saudi Arabia doing this thing or linking up with China, Russia. Yeah, I mean, if anything, it's. I mean, it's – it's going to make the dollar weaker, I would think. Right? Well, it's going the, to make the dollar less important. I think now, I think the dollar is actually now, like, like the worth of it is like higher, the highest it's been in like 20 some odd years that they were saying. Really? Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. I mean. But, the, you know, the U.S. dollar is still, is still the reserve dollar for the entire world. Yeah, yeah. right. So right. I still don't think we're it's going to stop anytime soon or anything like that, so. I mean, the other way to look at this, too, is how you said about, like, you know, seeing China and Russia work together on something. Like, what does that say about Saudi Arabia, India, Pakistan? Yeah. But you know? so, so Saudi Arabia, I think they still – we still have a good relationship with them. Okay. And they're still an independent nation. They can do whatever they want to do. Yeah. Huh. And I think – I guess um, it's also – I mean, it's also going to – I don't know. I mean, it's going to be up to how does, how is China's economy doing? Yeah, but you know, they're saying that China, uh, China government should have passed us in by the year twenty thirty. So, really, pass mm-hmm. us in terms of GDP. Yeah, it's just being overall the leader. Yeah. Huh. Well, we'll see. I don't know about that. I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I don't think it's completely clear yet. I think I'm staying away from Chinese stocks, though. Me too. I 100 percent am. I got rid of my Alibaba. Oh, that's good for you. Yeah. You sold at a loss. How much? Huge loss. 30? 30%? Yeah. More than that. Holy shit. <laughs> pro, pro, yeah, probably more than that. Well, no, probably like 40% or something. Okay. Yeah, not good. I mean, they got too many problems. They're, it's not It's not, It's. It's not. the same. It's not the same experience as investing in U.S. companies. It's not, yeah. It's a totally different experience, and it's t- – a totally different level of trust. Different rules and guidelines than they have that companies have to deal with in yeah. the United States compared to China. And it's a totally different level of unpredictability. It is yeah. it is much more unpredictable. So I dealt with en- enough unpredictability with Kathy Wood. I don't need to add in <laughs> uh, foreign investments as part of the equation too. So I'll stick with my U.S. companies that – because, I mean, we got enough factors going on over here with politics and the government and laws and regulations and business trends and stuff. Like, I live in America. So I can keep my eye on what how things are, what what they're like over here. I don't know. I don't know what it's like in China. So that's that's just taking, you know, one step further, and it just makes it more risky. So Yeah, and uh, while we're actually talking about that, um, Congress right now, well, since I don't know when, is now having an intense debate over the debt ceiling. Yeah. So, Nico, what are your thoughts about it? Well, um, they probably need to do this. They need to do this. Um, 
I think the money they make from tax dollars is going to have an effect on this. So that's definitely playing a part. And I think the other thing is that this also is going to tie into our next topic, which has to do with banks and interest rates and people wanting to get their money out and people investing into treasury bonds, all that stuff. And so, I will say Republicans just, um, well, they want to cut like a trillion dollars in spending. They want to cut a trillion dollars? Yeah. Okay. And they just introduced, the uh, says right now, they introduced a bill, no, 500 bills to do so. That's a lot of bills. Why do they not, why do they not want to raise the debt ceiling? I don't know. That I don't know. Because one side is saying they don't want to raise the debt ceiling. I don't know. One do. But I feel like they always raise the debt ceiling anyway. Yeah. They've been doing that for years. They've been doing that for years. I guess, I don't know. I don't know what the argument is against to not raise it. But from what I heard, they won't be able to pay back their treasury bonds if you don't raise the debt ceiling. Yeah. But at least they have money to give to Ukraine, though. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I don't understand what the point of the debt ceiling is. If So the point of a debt ceiling, ceiling means a cap. Yes. Right? It means your limit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's like saying that's like saying I'm going to spend I'm going to give myself a budget of $100 to spend on ever- entertainment every month. And then every month you just up it $50. You say, "Okay. Well, now my budget's 150." And the next month, well, now I'm going to allow myself 200. Well, then I'm going to allow myself 300. That's pretty much what that's it eliminates the point. I don't understand. So yeah, but um, this entire stuff is going on is going to be some good entertainment to watch. Yeah, it is. With McCarthy and Biden, it's going to be nice. It's gonna yeah. Be nice entertainment, shall I say. Yeah. yeah but um, let's keep on we'll going. We'll see. So this kind of leads us into, this also is related this to. This is probably the biggest news that's going on right now. Yeah, well, one of them. Th- th- no, this is probably number, yeah, this is probably number one. Right up there with AI, if not, if not more important than AI, yeah. is the banking crisis right now and how, we saw a couple banks go under, a couple banks almost went under, and that's what people are worried about right now because it's a combination of two things. One, the banks have a lot of unrealized losses on their balance sheet from investing in bonds when interest rates were low. And number two is the fact that people are trying to get their money out. So it all started with SVB, and as soon as people went to get their money out, the the CEO came out and said, okay, you have nothing to worry about, don't worry. Well, that actually made people more worried. And so it was that partnered with the fact that companies like SVB, banks like SVB, bought those bonds years ago when interest rates were low, you know, 1%, 1%, maybe 2%. Now interest rates are 5%. So what does that do to the bond value? Well, that lowers the value of the bond by a significant amount. So it's that partnered with the fact that when people go to get their money out, these banks, we're going to go over liquidity ratios, but... These banks do not have all the deposits sitting in cash to pay back the borrowers. So these banks either have to sell their bonds for a loss to get liquid cash out, and that's really where that's the that's the main issue. The other option is they can wait until these bonds mature and then they don't lose money, but then they they need cash right now. So that's where the big problem is with this. Yeah, very true, very true. But um, like you were saying for the second thing, people taking out too much money or taking yeah. money out too fast, things like that. Yeah. I still don't think that's a problem for people to want to take their money out, especially with a bank that's kind of no. looking at news as somewhat at risk. No, it's not a problem. The problem is 
The problem is, okay, if, if if you don't if you want it to be easy for people to take their money out at any time, how are those how are those banks gonna make money? Yeah, very true. Mm-hmm. Those those banks have to make money. But I feel like that's the issue with the smaller banks. Now I feel yeah. like w- these past couple months we were talking about do we even really need a bank besides the couple big ones because of different things such as Cash App, things like that, online banking type of stuff. So the use of maybe like a different small banks that we go to that oh, might be weeded out the next couple of years. So. Okay. That's an option too. I didn't think about that, but that is, I guess that's an alternative. So you mean things like Ally Bank? Like yeah. It's all digital. It's all digital. Yeah. I guess that would, I guess that would, there's some potential there. But there still is some use for different like brick and mortar stores such as, and that's probably where the big banks are coming at. Like Chase and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, okay. I guess the way, if you want it to be easy, if, if banks are going to make money and you want it to be easy for, I mean, it, it's not a problem when we go to the bank to take money out unless everybody wants to go and take money out of the bank. Yeah. That's when it's a problem. And so, it's different when we want to take maybe about $100, $200 yes. out. And we want to take out, okay, one person wants to take out $5,000. Yeah. Another person wants to take out $12,000. Right. Yeah. I saw an interview where this guy w- wanted to take out a quarter million. and That's crazy. He wanted to take out 250000 Elon Musk couldn't take out that much when he wanted to <laughs> buy Twitter. <laughs> That's true. That's why I sold all my <laughs> yeah. Tesla shares. But um, I saw this guy wanted to take out $250,000, and he said that they had to schedule, like, an appointment, and it took almost a month for him to – he had to go at the bank. He had to, like, go through some process to go sit in the parking lot, wait for the truck to come, and deliver this money in multiple different – like, they had to go, like, you know, $50,000 at a time yeah. or something. So it's a big process. Once you start talking about six figures, taking that out of the bank, that's where it's an issue. But, I mean, it, it just – it's it, it's almost going back to like the Great Depression. It's only a problem when there's a line of people lining up at the bank to get their money out. Hmm. If it's just it, that that's why the banking system is built on that's why they say it's built on trust because if you have confidence in your bank that you can go get money out whenever you want, it's not a problem. It's when you start losing that trust. Um so I guess I don't know. So do you think that was a bad decision by the banks to do what? To buy with those all those tre- treasuries, you think that was a bad decision? It was. It was not smart for those banks to buy out long-term treasuries. I don't know if they thought, like, I get they got to make money, right? But does it need to be for a ten-year treasury or something? No. It, I mean, like a two-year thing would have been nice. Or okay, how about this? How about this? Yeah, two-year would have been nice. Or if you're gonna buy ten-year treasuries and you're gonna lock up money for an extended period of time, do that for a small portion of your assets. You need to be somewhat liquid. Ha- be somewhat liquid. Mm-hmm. So. If you're putting a huge majority of your money, like some of these, we're going to go through the debt to equity or liquidity ratios. But if we're talking about buying long-term, locking up your money in long-term assets, you need to have a, a bigger, a, a larger percentage of your assets being liquid assets. So, okay, let's let's start with this. So if we look at European banks like Credit Suisse, I've have I've seen that their liquidity ratios, meaning how much they have in cash at the bank, is anywhere from 25 up to 40% for some of these banks. Then we come to America. And in America, we see companies like, I believe at the very top is, I forgot what it was. Uh, I know, Citibank. I believe Citibank is at the top with 24% of their, of their assets in cash. Um... Then we have J.P. Morgan Chase at 23%. There are some other companies in there, I think. The ones, the banks I bought in this whole crisis was Bank of America, 
and U.S. Bank. Their liquidity ratios are sitting at about 9 or 10%. As for SVB, SVB was about a 7% ratio. A 7% ratio. So if a 7% ratio is enough to go under, then 9 or 10% is getting pretty close to that. Um, to make things even more scary, the smaller community banks around here, they, I, I've seen their numbers anywhere from 1% to 5%. So if, if we're talking about these banks only have 1% in cash or liquid assets, that's a huge problem. That's, that's not going to take many people to start a huge, you know, a huge crisis there. Yeah. And then I watched an interview with Janet Yellen, who works in the Treasury Department, and she said they are not going to be concerned. They're not going to – she doesn't expect the government to backstop. Now, to preface this, I think she doesn't have the greatest reputation as sticking to her word because I think there's been lots of times in the last couple years when she's completely – 180 and changed her mind or whatever she said was going to happen the complete opposite happens in regards to the fed or she sounds like a politician right it's it's kind of like that but it's not only it's not only about lying it's about it, it could also just be you're bad at predicting things so it goes along the lines like that but getting back to what she said is she expects the bigger banks like chase and bank of america to they're more likely to be supported by the government and get the get the support they need to backstop in order to prevent a huge crisis because then we'd be back like in a 2007 2008 financial crisis where it's like okay is the whole system going to melt down and that makes sense i get that but but i also think just as much as they are more important to the country and the whole economy they also have higher liquidity ratios as for the smaller banks she said they don't expect the government to backstop the community banks. The problem with that is, yes, I understand they're not going to have, if if a super small chain of banks in northwest Indiana goes under, then, or let's say they have a problem getting money back to the their people, well, that's not going to cause a huge financial crisis across the whole country. But the problem with, with those banks is they have, how I said, they have very low liquidity ratios they're they're only sitting at one percent or three percent so they are going to have a, a tougher time so i mean it's the whole the whole situation is not entirely fair and i gotta feel bad for people who have bonds too yeah mm-hmm. that's another that's another way to look at this too yeah um and that's why people are trying to they want the they want the fed to put rates down but the fed is still sticking to their their agenda of they want inflation down. They want inflation to 2%, not 6%. So, I mean, the Fed is in a tough spot right now. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they the are. Fed is in a tough spot. But, um, I'll, yeah, I don't know. I don't. The Fed is either going to have to, if they keep raising rates. Because this banking crisis is not going to be over in two weeks. No, it's not. It's not. There's going to be more banks that's going down. It's gonna be Unless more. they lower interest rates. If they do a if they do a huge cut all the way down to two percent, one percent, then that'll take care of the problem. Those banks can get their money back. That's yep. not a huge issue. But if that. you do that, if you do that, then inflation there's a great and, and people are still spending money. So in, inflation's at six percent right now. If they if they cut rates by eighty percent or seventy percent, inflation's going way back up past six percent. It's going eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve percent. So. They got a huge problem, but they're sticking to their uh, previous thing of they want to fix inflation. So let them fix that first. Personally, I think it's 
I like having higher interest rates. I think it's it's a better situation to have to push people into. Instead of saying we are going to allow people to get loans out and borrow money super easy without having to pay back interest, I think it's a more dangerous environment. I think it's safer to have it how it is now where people are not borrowing so much money. But in fact, you are getting paid. You can earn interest when you are saving your money. I think that's a better way to, to have the economy sitting in that sort of position because it, it rewards the people who want to save money and it penalizes people who want to borrow more money. And two years ago, we had the complete opposite. You got penalized if you saved and you got rewarded for borrowing. So I like it better how it is now. Yep, yep, yep. So um, you got anything else to add? In regards to that, no. I think all I'm hoping for is that let the Fed keep these rates let inflation come down over the next couple months. Then maybe at the end of this year, going into 2024, maybe they lower rates, and hopefully this banking crisis doesn't get a whole lot worse and destroy everything. Um, but I think it's going to get worse. It's, well, it could get worse. Well, while when we end this segment, well, while we're ending this now, I will say I do think it's going to be getting worse. But people, please don't get too um, – Fearful, scared. Shout but out to I mean, Don't get too scared. About I think it. the thing is, is there's a great chance it does get worse. Maybe another bank goes under, and this is going to make it harder because we saw when with with uh, one of those other banks going under, they took thirty billion dollars from a group of all the big banks to donate to the the smaller bank. So even if let's say things do get worse, it also is going to come back to is the government going to backstop it? But then guess what? What, what did we just talk about? The government yeah. has their own problems with the debt ceiling. It's not like they're in a great. It's not, it's not like they're some like almighty power that can you know fix everything right now, so I don't know. It's it's tough. It's every, everybody's under pressure right now, and um, I'm just hope. I mean, I think normally you can. I think even when things get tough, and even if the government's under pressure with debt, the banks are under pressure, the consumer is under pressure. You got inflation, all this stuff. I think that they normally, especially nowadays, they will come up with something. They'll come up with some plan. Or some debt, so, something to come up with where they'll fix it. They'll, the, the, I don't think they're going to put us through a huge recession. I don't think. I mean, right now, I think times are hard enough. I don't think. I don't think they're going to push us through a whole thing. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's it's tough to say. I think I think the government would give you back. I think they're they're taking measures to make sure people don't lose their money because i mean the the rule is the fdic insures people up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars in their account yeah. so i think that's enough to i think the government's gonna they're gonna help fix that even if it means pushing the debt ceiling up or whatever they got to do so yeah yep and um now that concludes the first quarter of 2023 uh, <laughs> but yeah like i was saying the first quarter um uh, just ended um, today is April first that we're recording. Happy April Fool's Day to everyone from the past, shall we say? <laughs> from the past. <laughs> well, I I, I, I hope we, you had a good April Fool's Day. Yeah, the episode has already passed for people live on TikTok. Um, hey there, happy April Fool's Day to you. But um, real quick, um, you want to do like a? This is the first quarter wrap of the year, shall mm -hmm. you say? Um, what do you think the earnings report will look like for some big companies such as Apple? Amazon, things like that. I actually think it's going to be all green and positive for Me the big too. companies. Me too. I think even though we got times were tough, I think 2022, I think people were analysts and stuff. I think they had, they you know, all these stocks went down. I think they had very low expectations. I think, they're, I think people thought we we're going to be in a severe recession and 
all this stuff. But this is this is why companies right now are we're gonna get into companies that are laying off people, cutting expenses. Yeah. I think I think when they switch that, when all these when all these CEOs and these these companies switch their their uh, what's the word their agenda to cutting costs, making the company more efficient, making it more profitable. Disney is a big story right now with this with the CEO coming back trying to fix things. Um, and yeah, of course, all the companies, the Shopify, Coinbase, the Twitter, all these other tech companies who are also laying off people, that's going to be a major help to their bottom line. That's going to cut lots of expenses. And I think most of these companies by now are probably taking more conservative routes. We saw Meta, Meta for a time, for an extended period of time, we're saying, we're going to spend 180 what, what they said 80 billion or 100 billion dollars on the metaverse and we're researching this we're going to develop this new technology well they're cutting back the last couple this in this first quarter mark zuckerberg kind of changed his his uh his thinking yeah wow. changed his thinking changed the way he made things sound he said no he said now we're we're going for efficiency and profitability so yeah they they fired all those people they didn't need they uh, what and not only them too. The entire overall tech industry landscape has just about yeah. changed these past couple of weeks because of these layoffs. But like yeah. you were saying, I think with the pandemic happened and a lot more people were at home. Yeah, there's a lot more need for people in the tech industry, such as those companies, such as Meta, yeah. those different companies, for them to hire more people. And even yeah. with Amazon too, they brought with so many people wanting stuff shipped to their houses. Yeah. They bought a whole bunch of different um, different locations, and now yes. those locations are now closing because the yeah. demand isn't there as what it once f- was in 2020. Yeah, I actually saw there's other places shutting down locations too, um, but Meta. I heard Disney is cutting back on their. They got they hired a bunch of people to dedicate for the metaverse and stuff. Yeah. So that's even the metaverse stuff too. Yeah. yeah, so that's backtracking too. The metaverse. All the stuff that was like, oh, this might be a huge thing in the future, or this is our next thing we're developing to throw money at, and hopefully it pays off. All that stuff is coming back. How I said, they're they're becoming more conservative now because things are tougher, things are rough. So I think a lot of companies, even like us, you know, with um, the GameStop stuff, yeah, they saw something make money for us and go big and go huge, yeah. so fast. I think a lot of companies try to go that route a little bit too. Like, yeah, um, they did. Maybe they see the metaverse is going to go up. Let me try to hurry up and throw something at it. See if it sticks. Well, okay, that's interesting. That's interesting because I just watched a video on YouTube showing how you should avoid the companies or you should avoid these investments where you pretty much have phases of a new hot buzzword that comes out for a quarter or a couple quarters. And what that does is how you just said – as many companies, uh, so many companies are going to jump on that, even if it has nothing to do with their company, even if they don't even really know how it works or how it, how it has anything to do with their business. So you could, there was a bunch of examples in the video, but they go, they went back to like, right now it's AI, okay? And I guess the, the, the debate for these buzzwords is, is it real? Is it real? Is it actually going to have a, an, a positive effect going forward, or is this just a fake temporary buzzword? So, but still, even for, um even if it doesn't go forward, a lot of companies are looking at it. We can make money in the short term for six months. Yeah, that is that good for us, yeah. or is it? You well, know? It's, of course, it's good if they're making money. But yeah, but like saying, what are the pros and cons? And oh. making money for those six months might outweigh the cons that might in the long happen. term. Yeah, yeah. So right now, 
our our buzzwords AI. Okay. It was NFT. Well, we're not there yet. That was further back. Yeah. Before before um, AI, probably twenty twenty two. It was a metaverse, right? Twenty twenty one was NFTs, crypto, Coinbase, all that stuff, right? And you could keep going further back and back. You can go all the way to the internet because that's how that's how we got our huge recession. Our huge um, all those companies went bankrupt in two thousand one, two thousand two. Because they, they did the same thing. It was all, you're investing in a story. You're investing in a hope and a story and an imaginati- imaginary vision, right? It's not, it's, not, it's not money. It's not money. It's not profits. It's not, it's not a tangible asset. So you can go all the way back to the internet and say, okay, look at all these companies that failed because they, they had these huge valuations. They weren't actually making money. Well, the internet turned out to be a huge successful thing. A, a few companies were hugely successful. Okay, look at Google. They were around at that time. They made it through, and it's a huge, it's a huge win. Um, but what about, what about, uh, 20, what about 2020? And when, when Bitcoin went, when, I don't know when Bitcoin went to 60,000, 2020 or 2021, but all the NFTs came out, all that stuff was super hot. We saw, we talked about on this show how companies that had nothing to do with crypto or, or blockchain, every company was trying to get involved and put that in their earnings presentations and everything. So did that really amount to anything? No, so far that has that is that has crashed, right? Bitcoin went back to, to eighteen thousand or whatever it did. So, and a lot of these a lot of these cryptos went under the NFT projects. A lot of those went under. So that hasn't amounted to much. Then we have the metaverse. That's also hasn't really gone anywhere. We don't really hear about that too much nope. anymore, right? Now it's now it's about artificial intelligence. AI is interesting though because AI. This the AI thing might um, it's still a buzzword. But it might actually it might stay. It might it, it might stay, and it might it might be something where in the next couple of years these companies are making more money. I mean, we're already seeing people lose their jobs or become more. These companies are becoming more productive, more automated. So it's already kind of working. Um, but yeah, these companies might be able to lower. They're gonna they're gonna fire people, lower expenses, and become more productive, become more profitable. So. Yeah, I mean, AI is, it might be a different story with this. All right, so um, to the next topic now, y'all. Uh, we we brought up interest rates already, right? Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, the Hindenburg Report. I don't know. Wait. I think it's spelled B-U-R-G. B-U-R-G. Yeah, of course. I don't know. But um, Block, well, the Hindenburg Report, like you were saying, is they go through a full report of different companies, like 100, 200-page reports. For yeah, each, they're huge. For a whole bunch They've of different companies. They've been working on this for two over two years, it says. Mm-hmm. And then one particular company, um, I think you may have the hard article up, they brought up is one of our favorite companies as well as Block. How did you spell it? With a U? Yeah. You're right. Told you. Okay. Hindenburg Research, actually. Wow, it says they only have nine employees. Huh. It's a small company. They did 200 pages worth of work? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but um, like I was saying, one company, Block. What were they saying about Block? It? Is the big um. This one has all the attention on it as of March twenty third. So this is a little over a week old, and Block dropped a good ten percent at least when this news came out, which makes total sense because I, I have way, way less respect for this company. <laughs> Guess what Kathy Wood did? She bought she bought a bunch of shares when this happened. God bless her. So. There is a ton of stuff here, but if we're going to do a quick summary, too bad I can't just put all this in chat GBT and it can summarize it for me. I know. But just do like two objectives about <laughs> it. But um, 
overall, one cash app is bad because a lot of criminals use it. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's a big part. The title is How Inflated User Metrics and Frictionless Fraud Enabled Insiders to Cash Out Over a Billion Dollars, right? So the other thing is I've always liked Jack Dorsey. I've always kind of looked at him like a second Elon Musk or something. Like he, you know, he does, he works with a lot of companies. He, uh, I don't know. I've always seen a lot of, I've always looked at him in a positive way where I'd be happy to invest in a company that he's running. But now, I think my opinion may have changed. So, let's just go over some basic things here. Let's start with the fact that, based off of the inter- interviews with former employees, they said about around half of the users, or, or the, the accounts, I mean, are fake or were duplicates from one person. Hmm. So, one of the things they do, they said, is they don't ban people from using their service. All they'll do is they'll shut down the account and then people will make additional accounts. Yeah. Um, they also tested it out by they they ordered they ordered a payment card in the name of Donald Trump and an Elon Musk. Stuff like that. They uh they gave a couple examples of like block paid somebody to make a song about Cash App or something and then that guy went to jail. One guy went to jail because I one guy went to jail because of the COVID fraud thing where people were getting money from the COVID relief program, but it was, it was, it was, they weren't supposed to get it. They were getting more than they deserved or whatever. And there's other things. There's, they talk about a lot how it's involved with, um, gangs and stuff. They said there's a, there's a gang in, uh, Baltimore or whatever that cash, uh, cash app. It's called the cash app gang. And they got in trouble for distribution of fentanyl. Um, there's other, so it's, it's that, it's the fake accounts, it's the, you don't, they don't really do much background checking for a lot of this stuff. I think you don't have to link up a lot of information. It's very easy to go, you know, I, the, the problem is with traditional banks, you have to put, you need, they take more information from you. So if you're a drug dealer, you don't get to move money that easily. Cash app is great if you're a drug dealer because you don't, you can move money pretty easily. So that's where they're kind of, you know. What's the word here? Criticizing block. And Okay, well, what in your opinion while reading it was like the biggest red flag for you? Hmm. Like what was the like you said uh you got a little bit less respect for the company now? Yeah. Was, was that like it's the a, it's main a combi- fact? it's a combination of things. I mean, what I mean whether it's in rap songs or whether there's a gang named after it like Okay, even if drug deal, I mean, they, they they said the same thing about Bitcoin. When we talked about Bitcoin, they Elon Musk said, "Oh, well, it's mainly used for criminal activities and stuff." Okay, that's a different story. That doesn't, I mean, crim- that just because a criminal uses it doesn't mean it's we're just not going to use that anymore. So that's not a great example. Criminals eat McDonald's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, so just because a criminal drives a certain type of car doesn't mean that we're gonna that car's not gonna that car that company's <laughs> not gonna be successful. Okay, that doesn't make sense. So. That is that's just like a little add-on bonus for entertainment, I think. But part of what I don't like too is I don't like the whole like um, executives like almost lying or like they're saying because part of my like I made videos on this before like Kathy Wood would point out and be like, yeah, um, Venmo and and Square and Cash App they're growing users faster than it's out it's out pacing uh jp morgan right like they said oh we have 60 70 80 million 
users on Cash App now. Well, guess what? If half those people are, half those accounts are duplicates or fake or whatever, well, that's a different story. This company should not be valued at where it is. So it's, they give a different examples of how, I don't know, there's different stuff where it's just, it's very deceiving. It's almost like they're lying. And in the meantime, they're making billions of dollars, right? They're getting yeah. all this money invested. So that doesn't look good. Um, the other thing they brought up blocks $29 billion deal to acquire a buy now, pay later service after pay. Well, Oh, Afterpay is under um, block. They bought it hmm. for $29 billion. That's a lot of money. That so is a lot of money. how long is it going to take for that, for them to make that money back from that investment? That's actually Pro- a lot of money. I'll be surprised if it happens during my life, during my lifetime, because. I, I was thinking maybe like $5 billion. If yeah. That. yeah, yeah, you would think. But guess what? They bought that. They bought that when things were still, that was towards the end, but that was when st- things were still inflated just a bit. Yeah. So, okay, Congress passed a law that legally caps interchange fees charged by banks that have over $10 billion. Despite Block having $31 billion in assets, Block can avoid these regulations by routing payments through a small bank and gouging merchants with elevated fees. So it's stuff like that. Um, it looks like they're having problems with Afterpay 2. Talks about their competitors, Zelle, Venmo, PayPal, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but and it says all during this, uh, Jack Dorsey amassed a five billion dollar fortune. So, I don't know. It's God bless Jack. This just this just kind of supports more so my thesis of why I should not have invested in those Kathy Woodstocks. And <laughs> even if, even if this didn't, even if this, if this report didn't come out, it still doesn't change. I mean, I still can look at some of their metrics and say like, yeah, this is overvalued. This is deceiving. This is w- whatever. So. What you gonna do? I mean, I like I, I as long as normally I'm not a fan of like bearish investors or people who are always buying put options or short sellers and stuff. But if it's a company like this and they actually put out worthwhile data and they do an actual, they do good research, then that's a different story. I'm 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 happy they did this because this is this type of stuff should be done. So well, that's another tip in general too. When you get in the stock, make sure to look at do do your research. Do your yeah, research. and and it's. You know, you're, if if companies like this don't put out a report like this, you would. There's a lot of information here you probably would not have known because they they've been doing this investigation for over two years now. So, you know, sometimes you you can't always tell. But what you can kind of do is you can kind of follow the the guidelines or the philosophy of like if a company or a person is going to cut corners and you cut you cut you catch them lying once or twice or deceiving once or twice there's a good chance that they're doing that on a mass scale and they're doing that with everything else in the company. So, you know, you can normally get an idea just by looking at simple things like their metrics and stuff. Yep, yep, yep. Well, well like I said, sh- shout out to Hindenburg Research for that. Shout out. Sh- shout out to them on that one. Um, now, for the next topic, um, we already talked about Amazon, but Amazon – will soon be releasing an NFT marketplace. We also brought up NFT, so we also brought up NFT. NFT's kind of been going down, yeah. way down, actually. No one brings it up. Yeah. I bet, what's that, like six months ago or something like that? At Not least. a little bit longer? At least. Like, an NFT would be trending every day. It would be a different like a year, Like a year ago. Yeah, least. it'd be like a different article about it every single year. So mm-hmm. the overall NFT landscape is down a lot. So do you think Amazon, with this new marketplace, going to somehow root? Revive the industry somehow, or no? 
I think if anybody's going to do it, Amazon is going to be one of the best people you can you can have try this. Um, it's all about the ecosystem. It's all about how many users and how much attention you have. Whoever, who, if you have the most attention, you are the most valuable entity. So Amazon's got some of the most attention on the planet than any other company. So yeah, there's a good chance that they spark some more interest in NFTs. Um, NFTs is goes with interest in crypto as well. And what are we seeing? We're seeing interest in Bitcoin a little bit more recently. It's up 72% in the last three months. And that has to do with the whole banking and interest rate thing we talked about as far as where to store your money and if it's safe or not. So that's why Bitcoin's having a little bit of a hot run right now. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we will see. I don't know if Amazon is enough. I mean, if anyone can do it, it's probably Amazon. It's going to help a little bit for the NFT market, but is it enough to, you know, put it back on the map, make it successful, and make it keep growing? I don't know. I don't know. It's still up in the air here. All right, and um, for Bitcoin, it's up 72% in the last three months. Yeah. It's going back to the moon? You think it's going back to the $56 range? outer space. I don't know if it'll get to the moon. <laughs> it might just barely pass. It'll the, get in the um, atmosphere somewhere. Well, what's that, the stratosphere layer? Yeah, <laughs> it'll get right above the airplanes, and then I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy how we used to have discussion like, oh, is Bitcoin going to take over yeah. as a new dollar, yada, yada, yada. And it's, yeah. Yeah, that's, I know. I don't know. Um, Life is funny like that. Yeah, I don't know if, um, I'm just about to break even on my Bitcoin, so. There you go. That's where I'm at. Round I'm, of applause. I'm right at that a little over 30000 Break level. even is the goal. Yeah, no, it's not. Right over that. Well, 30, now it is. Yeah, now, now it is. Right over that thirty thousand level. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm just glad I don't have. I I wouldn't. I don't want to have a huge position in Bitcoin. I would like to keep that as a one percent of my portfolio. So that's how I feel about that. All right. So I think we're almost heading up to an hour on the show. So last segment here, I want to talk about Coles and Big Lots. First, let's give a round of applause for Coles. I'm a big fan of Coles. Shout there a lot. Shout out to Coles Cash as well. But you know, I do want to say the stock has been going up, but I want to give the props. What stock? Coles. It has? Yeah, has it? It said it got a big surge on Thursday. You better double check that. It literally said look a big at, surge on Thursday. Look at the chart. It was climbing on Thursday. I'll well, check it real quick. That might be fake news. Look up, look up the chart. That's fake news, but I do want to say shout out to Coles because look at all the other stores, all the competition. Different stores like JCPenney's, Macy's. A lot of those stores are closing down, and they're not looking up. Macy's is? Well, not Macy's, but, you know, different type of stores Sears like that. Sears and Carson's. Yeah. Sears, Carson, there you go. Carson. They're all gone, but, hey, Kohl's, they're still there. Well, yeah, I mean, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. Who knows? But, um, actually, yeah, they went up. Huge jump on Thursday. Wait. From 22 are you to 23. Like, are you looking at the one-week chart or something? Yes, the one-day chart. <laughs> okay, expand that out. I know. Um, they're going. They're actually down. Yeah. Okay. Expand it more. I'm doing this on my phone. It's kind of hard to see. I can't do it sideways. Get it down. Okay. How much? Sixty-five percent. Sixty-two percent. That's more like it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I bought Coles because. Why did you buy it? Did you want so it can buy low, sell even lower? The Kathy that's Woods. Very, that's very funny. The, the Kathy Woods um, um, way. Okay, so I have I have my primary reason for buying this, which has to do with the Benjamin Graham 
method. If you don't know who Benjamin Graham is, it's who Warren Buffett learned how to invest from, okay? Um, from the 50s, I believe it started. That's number one, okay? It has to do with their balance sheet and how much they have in equity compared to what the company is trading at. Um, it'd be like if I said I have a jar right here with $5 in it. Don't have a jar with five dollars. Let's say let's say I had a jar right here. And but you don't have. Oh, okay, it's an analogy. I got you. Let's say I had a jar right here, and I said, okay, there's a thousand dollars in here. I'll sell you this jar for eight hundred bucks. Okay. Buy the jar. Yes. You probably buy the jar because there's a thousand in it. That's 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 all the concept is. But <laughs> that's what the concept is. Then, now I I'm not saying this should guide your investing decisions, but it is awfully nice when you scroll down and you see. That Kohl's is paying a 10% dividend, right? That mm-hmm. also is very nice to look at. So that was a bit intriguing. Then... 10% dividend, you say? I'm buying it on Monday. Then, I mean, the important question here you need to ask yourself is, well, of, co- of course I can run through the metrics like return on invested capital, profit margin, all the investor stuff. But you also need to ask yourself a, a realistic, real-world question of, is the company going to go out of business? Are the stores busy? Do customers like shopping here? What's their satisfaction rate? What does Josh think of Kohl's cash? Stuff like that. You <laughs> need you need to ask yourself that because that is information that's going to tell you about the company you're not going to get from looking at their financial reports. So that's why I want to get Josh's opinion on stuff like this um, because I asked my mom. She had good things to say, but I don't have a great gauge on – I don't go to I don't go to Kohl's that often, so I don't know if you know are they are they going to turn into a Sears or a Carson's or are they going to stay like a Nordstrom's or something else that stays up and successful? I think another neat thing that Kohl's did was you, they turned a lot of locations to like an Amazon drop location. Oh, like, with the hub thing. Yeah, the hub. You're Amazon right. Hub, so yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't think about that. So, um. I think Kohl's has a strong, from what I've seen and heard, and, you know, when you go past Kohl's, it's normally busy. People love the Kohl's cash thing. Um, Big fan over here. Yeah. Um, I kind of look at the whole, the, the, the similar companies going out of business. If you want to be bullish, you could say they went out of business. Kohl's, Kohl's survived. Obviously, Kohl's is stronger. They acquired that those customers that used to go to those other stores. Now, Kohl's has them. It, 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 it narrows down the, the industry a little bit to, for, with fewer competitors that's one way to look at it another way to look at it is to say well hey if macy's and not macy's carson's and sears went out of business and kohl's is pretty much doing the same thing then why can't kohl's go under why wouldn't amazon just eliminate them out of the picture too but i don't know are people happy going to kohl's more so than shopping on amazon i don't know so hopefully kohl's is one of those examples um they will be an example but regardless (laughs) of that or not that was not the main thing of my thesis. If 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 it wasn't if this company was not trading below book value equity their amount of equity, I would not have bought this. So they have two point seven billion dollars of equity on the balance sheet. Or wait, yeah, two point I got the number switch up. It was either three point five billion or two point seven billion. The point is the company's trading at like two point four billion or something. It's trading below book value. So even if they went, if they even if they went out of business all of a sudden in the next couple months, and they're like, okay, we're shutting down stores, we're putting up all our inventory for fifty percent off, and this and that. Well, I would pretty much the 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 shares should sell for. The shares should sell for exactly what they're at now, right around you know twenty five, twenty six bucks or whatever. So. 
that's the way I look at it. I'm also kind of testing out this method just to see if this actually, you know, how this plays out. Because if you're buying these, if the Benjamin Graham method really works out where we did this a long time ago with that real estate stock. What's the stock that was $7 that you pointed it out? You pointed it out to me, the one you found on Twitter years ago. Years ago? Year, at I least. can't remember. You pointed out to me, you found it on Twitter, and you, and it was 7 or 8 bucks. I think we both bought it, and I made money in a quick amount of time, and I gave you a commission on it, too. Oh, I can't remember. Remember? They, the company... I don't know what you're talking about. It though. was a real estate company that, um, it was like EP, not EPD, EPG, or something like that. Um, The company, we talked about this when... uh, That was a while ago. That, that was about two years ago. Probably close to two years. The company, pretty much, they, uh, they were a real estate company for prisons. And the point was, their equity on their balance sheet was worth more than the valuation. So I bought it. Turned out great. Within like a month or two, we made we made some money. We made twenty percent or thirty percent. But the question is, when it when the company is trading below book value, how long does it trade below book value before it goes back up to its thing, and you you know yeah. you end up making money? So if I hold Kohl's now, the other stock I did this with was Big Lots. That's the other one on this list. Big Lots is the same store. I think Big Lots is actually an inferior store to Kohl's. I think. I think Kohl's has a better chance of sticking around. Big Lots is like a lot, a little bit more junkier, um, but it's the same thing with the the balance sheet. And uh, Big Lots also not only do they have it's undervalued, they also have a huge dividend and they have a share buyback program. So there's so many things pushing. I understand people might say that store sucks. They're going out of business. They're shutting down. They they sell junk. Whatever. Some of that might be true, but. They have so many things pushing them in the in the po- in a positive direction. They're buying back so many shares. That's going to push the price up. I'm getting a I'm getting a dividend to help cushion all this. And so Big Lots is another one too. But I'm just curious to see if this actually plays out like that. Where like how long does it stay below book value and when does it pop up? So we'll see what happens. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I think that's just it. That is it for it. this episode. Yeah, I think this was a good episode. It was, it was so. Especially for the, all the rust that we had. It's been, <laughs> what, like two years since we did the episode. Yep. But um, thank you all for tuning in for episode 47. Shout out to all the people live on TikTok, if there are any people live on TikTok. Thank you all for tuning in for episode 47 of Stock Talk with Josh and Nico. Y'all have a good one out there. Stay safe out there. And to greener days ahead. Bye-bye.